Some of the ads can be hard to watch, showing the horrible effects of smoking on the body. But the CDC's Brian King says these graphic ads are working. The, the data from this current study show us that the campaign has helped over 500,000, so over a half a million people, uh, quit smoking for good uh, between 2012 and 2015. Cigarette smoking is responsible for more than 480,000 deaths per year here in the United States, including more than 41,000 deaths from secondhand smoke exposure. Sabrina Cupid, WSB. While nationwide testing has uncovered more than 220 unusually resistant germs... The hard truth is that as fast as we have run, some germs have outpaced us. The CDC's Dr. Ann Shookett says response has to be faster and earlier. What we need is clinicians and labs and hospitals and healthcare facilities to be aware of this opportunity, to look for the resistant infections and recognize they can get help from the states. Because the more you look, unfortunately, the more you find. These nightmare bacteria were found in every state, including in Georgia. Sabrina Cupid, WSB. Some parents, like this mom of a five-year-old, opted not to have her son vaccinated. But what if the nasal spray was available? Would he have been vaccinated then? Yes, definitely. And why is that? It's just easier. The government pulled its recommendation of flu mist because it wasn't effective. But the CDC's Kristen Nordland says an advisory committee is taking another look at new data on nasal spray. The nasal flu vaccine is a great tool to have in that toolbox of different options people can get for the shot. She says the panel could vote to recommend it, table it for a later look, or continue to not recommend it. Sabrina Cupid, WSB. 30-year-old Alex has been smoking for years and says it's an addiction that's hard to kick. Don't ever start. Don't even think about it. It's not worth it. The CDC's Brian King says nearly 38 million Americans still light up. That's fewer than in 2005, and he says more smokers are quitting. Among those who ever smoked, about 50% of them, about half had quit back in 2005, and now we're up to about 60% of them have quit. So that's good news. We're making a lot of progress. And he says those who do smoke are smoking less. Sabrina Cupid, WSB. And this is a public health crisis crisis of historic proportions. Preliminary numbers show 1,043 Georgians have died in the past year from drug overdoses. Nick Hageny with the Department of Health here in Georgia tells me fentanyl is a major concern. We've seen large increases in the overdose cases where fentanyl is involved. Why is it so deadly? Fentanyl is a synthetic opioid that is a thousand times more powerful than heroin. The number of Georgians who have died from an opioid overdose has more than doubled since 2010. Sabrina Cupid, WSB. The newly approved marijuana-based drug is used to treat two rare forms of childhood epilepsy. State Representative Alan Peake, who's been outspoken when it comes to medical marijuana in Georgia, tells me. What it proves is that there's clear evidence now that there's medicinal value in uh, marijuana. He says the problem is far from over. We need to solve the access issue here in Georgia. Marijuana is not legal in the state, but possessing medical cannabis oil is if you qualify with the Department of Public Health, but you cannot buy it here. Sabrina Cupid, WSB. 57-year-old Philip Anderson says he's seen prices go up more than 100% over the past few years. Insulin should not cost what it does. And the pharmaceuticals really should be ashamed of themselves for price gouging. I asked Health and Human Services Secretary Eric Hargan about sky-high drug prices when he was here in Atlanta at the CDC. We have put out a blueprint that has about 50-plus different things that we think will be able to bring drug prices down. But for now, the high cost of a drug that's been around since the 1920s is forcing some to make the life-threatening decision to ration their medication. Sabrina Cupid, WSB. In a word, how bad is it? It's terrible. HHS Deputy Secretary Hargan says it's a tiring fight. People wear out. 
caretakers wear out, people in the community wear out, and you end up with so much fatigue on the part of being able to deal with the crisis, it gets out of control. Every day, more than 130 people in the U.S. die after overdosing on opioids. How do we solve the problem? It's a complex problem. We got here in through a number of good-intentioned steps. We have to back ourselves out of this. Sabrina Cupid, WSB. What makes AFM so scary is that it strikes otherwise healthy children, and there is so little known about it. Ryan Pitt says he wants to know more because of his six-year-old goddaughter. Not really been around, so I would like to know everything about it, really. Dr. William Schaffner is a medical director of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases and a professor at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. This is not an easy search from the point of view of the laboratory. He says it's believed that a virus is the leading contender when it comes to a cause, but what's different about it? The virus can be in the intestinal tract and then has to leave the intestinal tract and it seeks the spinal cord. And that's where it does its damage. At Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, Dr. Summit Verma says they saw one of the first cases of AFM. So it took us some time to... Uh sort of understand this disease a little bit. Now surrounding states are sending AFM patients here for follow-up care and rehab. Dr. Mobin Rathor is a pediatric infectious disease specialist in Jacksonville and with the American Academy of Pediatrics. This time of the year, flu should be a bigger concern to the parents than acute flaccid myelitis, and that's something also you can prevent. Uh, you can't really prevent flu, acute flaccid myelitis. Flu you can prevent. The CDC currently working to find the cause and hopefully offer better direction to doctors and parents. Sabrina Cupid, WSB.